Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. I want to continue with what I started last week. I do want to give us some clarity of where we're at. You see, so often we look at we look at the big picture and we, we can't really make much sense of it. And so then is what we do. We run here for a bit of information there, run there, a bit of information there. But I want to give you an overall picture today that what I believe is taking place in the world today And so that we can not cause our hearts to be in a place of despair. You know, if if you're like me, you look at the news and you look at all that's taking place. And let me tell you, it is, it is a devastating picture. You know, I've spoken to many of you and, you know, some of you older than others. You said, Trevor, I have never known a time like this that um, in the whole of my lifetime, and I, I agree with you. And yet in the changing world, we need a changeless God or an unchanging God. And so often is what happens is we allow incidents to become the issues. Did you get that? See, and you can even look at this on the world stage. Incidents that became issues that even today the world is reacting to. And I believe that God wants us to understand something. You see, if we look at it that these are things, the Christian world, the Jewish world, the Islamic world, the Hindu world, all of those things I said last week. Listen, the world, that is the ungodly thinking of the world, It wants to use religion to produce hatred amongst people. That's what religion does. It produces hatred. And then you have humanism, and that is, again, man trying to work things out for himself, and that what he wants, he he wants to get hold of the gold. And so with gold is what we fight over. We don't fight over gods. We fight over gold. And in the end, it's what we can take. And you see it happening all around. You see the the plundering of other people's goods. That's gold. And so we war to plunder the gold. But you see, our hatred is produced by religion. And listen, I want you to know that as believers, we're not focused on religion. We focus on a person. And that person, his name is Jesus Christ. And you've heard me say a number of um, times ago, there are patterns. Remember that message? Patterns and principles. Did you remember that message? And then there is practice and a person. And so what we want to do is we want to learn the practice and the person of Jesus. We don't want to get into symbols. We don't want to get into the principle because that so easily creates issues. And so for us this morning, I just want to give you a world picture. That's going to be big, okay? 
But I want to make it so that you can understand just what is going on and you can then also see how it affects your life today. You know, how the big world out there actually affects the world inside here. And so if you've got your Bibles, I want you to open at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, wasn't, it, wasn't it good yesterday just to see what was taking, what, not the, the um, conflicts of what was taking place in London, but to see that our prayers actually had a very big impact in terms of what could have been a disaster in our city. And so for us, I want to read to you a passage from Corinthians. And, um, and it's where Paul says that um, even though we live by the standard... No, let me... So let me go back a verse before that. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect towards some people who think that I live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. For the weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to the demolishing of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. There it is. We take every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so this morning what I want to do is to look at how we view what is taking place. And listen, I do believe that if we, the more simple we make it, the more profound it can become. The more simple we make it so that we can get hold of it. And I want to show you some of the things that are taking place today. Let me just get my note here that I jotted down this morning. And you see that God has set some things in place. See, God has set the nation of Israel in the midst of the nations. Listen, we cannot get over that fact. Listen, God didn't choose them because they were special and greater than any nation. He didn't choose them because of their righteousness or that they were more powerful than any other. He chose them out of his grace. And he says he chose them because they were the most stiff-necked and stubborn people. And so again, there is nothing in order to glory at in terms of our national identity. And so with that, God said it in the midst of the nations. And so if we can get hold of this, I believe it speaks right from the time of Abraham all the way through the and the captivity, and then to the time of exile. Those are three major things that's taking place. But I do believe that we are coming into what the Bible calls end times. If you don't believe me, then just read again Acts chapter 2. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That began the beginning of the last days. 
And so we are in something that is moving towards the purpose of God. And so what I want to do this morning is to look at the big picture and then look at how we relate into those things and then look at how it relates to us as individuals. Because I feel that if we get hold of this, you could read the scriptures in a whole different way. And if you read it in a different way, I believe God will give you the weapons of warfare that are not carnal, didn't come from what we make up, but are, have divine power to the demolishing of strongholds. Not cities, not people, strongholds. Strongholds are kept in our minds. It's what we have up here that's the biggest stronghold that I believe God wants to break down. And so we need our mind renewing. And as we renew our mind, it is through his word. And so what I want to do um, this morning is to just look at, if we look at there are th- again, you come to three circles. Everything for me has threes, doesn't it? Yeah. You know? Third heaven, first heaven, second heaven, and then body, soul, spirit. Well, again, even as we look at the nations, it flows into... Why? Because there is a pattern that God works to. But we want him to get hold of the practice and the person. And so here, there is Israel or the church. God has set the church in the midst of the nations. But you see, around the church, or around Israel, there are the neighboring nations. And I want you to get hold of this, because as we look at the third circle, here, and that is the world powers, okay? So I want you to get hold of something this morning. Because if we do get hold of this, you will be able to get revelation from God relating to these things. And so it won't just be a bit of information this morning. Jesus covered these three areas. Do you remember where it says in John, I think it's John 19 verse 15, it says that we will not, um, we will not have, we have no king but Caesar. That relates to here. And then again, It says in Luke 19.40, we will not have this man to rule over us. And so again, it's looking to remove the king. And that's why I believe, you see, when you start looking at, and I might touch on it this morning, the four beasts that come out of the river, out of the great sea. Now listen, we need to understand that the great sea is the Mediterranean Sea. Okay. It's not some other place. So I want you to sort of pitch, begin to picture just some of the things that are taking place. When it talks about Daniel stood on the banks of the great sea, that was the Mediterranean Sea. That's why the Bible always speaks about the Mediterranean as the great sea. And so he saw these things coming out of the Mediterranean. Listen, that the end times are going to be focused in around the Mediterranean and on Europe. It's not going to be America and Canada Bless them, Lord, but they're not going to be at the center of what's going to take place, but they will connect in in some way. And I'll show you that in a moment. And so here we need to understand, and the first beast that comes out is a direct challenge to the lordship of Jesus because it's a lion, power, but it also has eagle's wings. Jesus is never looked on as the one who's both the lion and the eagle at the same time. 
And so here there is mixture, and that's what the enemy wants. The second one is the bear, the bear. And so the, the whole thing with the lion, if you look at it, I don't want you to get so caught up with nations. Who is this nation of the lion and the eagle? I want you to look at the nations or the beasts that come out of the water. I want you to look at their characteristics and see what nations have the same characteristics. And so you have, with the lion and the eagle, you have something that is swift and high-flying, something that looks at things from a totally different perspective, but also it has kingly rule. And so you have those two things brought together. And with the bear is what you have, is this plundering, plundering um, animal that says it tramples down with its feet. Have you ever watched any, any documentaries on bears? And that's just what they do. They just storm around. And so they devour much flesh. And, and so again, we look at nations that have the ability to do that. And so then you have the leopard. And you heard me say on Thursday night, those of you who came, and so I just want to say thank you for everybody you turned up to, to intercede. And so here you have the leopard with the four heads. So there is complete... Rational thinking, worldly thinking, for all speaks of completeness. And so here, and it's got the, the wings of the fowl of the air. So it doesn't, have, it doesn't have that regalness of the eagle. It's just the fowls of the air. What are the fowl? I believe demonic spirits. So they have the ability to carry it up into places of, uh, from a demonic point of view and a demonic perspective. And then also they are very agile. Leopards are agile. They are swift. They, they produce or they attack by ambush, all of those things. And so when you start looking at nations, I believe those scriptures are there in order to help us to identify who it is that has taken on the form of these world powers. And then you have the great beast that comes up and he is more terrifying than all the rest. I don't believe we have seen that beast released yet. But it will be released. And so here what I want you to do is to begin to look at characteristics rather than nations. Because there could be nations that lie the other side of the globe. That lie in different um, relationships to others. And we want to find their characteristics. And I believe that Daniel gives us a picture of the characteristics of what the end time nations will be that rises up against Israel. And against the church. Listen, um, in Hosea, I think it's Hosea chapter 1 verse 8. Um, it says there that these who are not my people will become my people. The low army will become army. That is my people who are not my people. And I believe that the outworking of world history today is all about God taking a people who are not his people to become his people. That is it. And God is working towards that. And so that's the redemptive purpose and plan of God. And so as we're looking with all these things, you see, we can get so caught up 
with the, the um, worldly situation and see things from a worldly perspective. And so then we look at Hamas, we look at Hezbollah, we look at Iran, all of those things. But what are the characteristics? Now, I do feel that there are some of those characteristics in some of these things. So then we know now how to pray because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So we're not coming at it from a worldly perspective, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You see, it's strongholds. And where's the stronghold kept? It is kept in our mind. And so it's our minds which we need to have renewed. Which he says, be not conformed to this world. See how it all begins to connect, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Otherwise, is what happens is we get into the place where nations are rising up against nation. And God says nation won't rise against nation anymore. Neither will they learn war anymore. So there is coming a time. When all of these superpowers who are raising up weapons of war, they will become useless. Isn't that good news? And so here is what happens. We can get caught up then in a nationalistic spirit. And I'll show you that in a moment. And so we get caught up in nationalism whereby our nation is better than another nation or our nation needs to subdue another nation or we need to stop another nation subduing us. And again we come back to the Lord Jesus Christ who... There was no formal comeliness that we should desire him, but he was stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. One to whom men hide their face from, yet he was bruised for our transgressions. The punishment that brought us peace was laid upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray, we've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And he will look upon his soul and be satisfied can you see now that's that's our practice and that's our person do you understand and so here we begin to see where we fit in it all and listen it's so easy it's so easy to move away from those things and then as we start to attack one another People who we've gone to worship. You know, the thing that breaks my heart with what is taking place with, re with regard to um, Russia and Ukraine is that people who I worship with together are now enemies of one another. People who I've worshipped in church together with. We've lifted our hands together. We broke bread together. And now their enemies won't talk to each other. Now, I don't feel that that is God. Does it, does it sound like God to you? And so we need to see that beyond all of this, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. And so here, it's how do we, how do we relate? How do we, re how does the world relate to here? Because there are the neighbor nations. And I'll go through those in a moment because... Everyone relates in somewhere. And it's how do we relate it? And I believe there are three main forces in the world that if we can get hold of this, let me tell you, you'll read the scriptures in a totally different way. And also you'll see Jesus in a totally different light. 
because he comes as the Prince of Peace. And so here for us this morning, let me just jot some of these down. And so here, with the neighboring nations, you have Syria. And where does Syria lie? Right up the top of Israel. See, it's a na- it neighbors on Israel. And also, you have Ammon. And you also have Moab. All of these are Israel's neighbors. And you're going to start to see in a moment a picture begin to unfold. And then at the bottom you have Edom. Do you remember the Edomites? How they came against Israel as they were coming out of Egypt? And so here, and then on the other side you have Amalek. First nation that Israel fought, because they come against Israel. And also, you have Philistia. Where is Philistia today? Gaza. That's Philistia. The capital of Philistia was Gaza. Okay, so you start to... This isn't 2,000 years ago. I believe... And don't look at it this morning as a little bit of a history lesson. It isn't. It's a spiritual lesson for us. And then you have Phoenicia. And, um, and then when you start looking at the world powers with all of those things here is that you have Assyria and also you have Babylon These names becoming familiar to you? And also you have Egypt. And so here, and then you have Rome. And so here, these are the four main world powers. Now let me tell you something about Ammon and Moab. They were the sons of Lot. Through an incestuous relationship, this is where they come in here. They thought, they saw their inheritance wasn't going to be continued. And so they slept with their father. So here these two neighboring nations who connect with Israel was from an incestuous relationship. Now that should tell us something about how nations relate together. And then you have Edom. What is Edom? Edom is the other name of Esau. What did Esau do? He sold his inheritance for what? A bowl of porridge. And so you start to see that you have those who give no weight or no credit to their inheritance. And so then is what happens. What does Esau do? He always wants to take what Jacob has got. Till the point where Jacob says you can have it all. And then he says I don't need it. And so you start to see. These are the neighbors who surround Israel. We'll look at some of their. Well one quality of each of them. Characteristic of either of them. And then you have, 
with the Philistine. What's the Philistines? Who was the main Philistine leader that we remember? Goliath. And so here they relate in. What do they relate in? They want to produce fear in the people of God. And so what they do is they use human reason in order to exert power. And so what they say, listen, we've got a big guy, we've got a big gun, we've got a big rocket, we've got a big a nuclear weapon. Now what have you got? So you pitch your guys against our guys and with that we'll see who wins and the one who wins takes over. That is human reason. And so then they want to carry an ark and so what do they do? God says put it on your shoulders, let the priest carry it and what do they do? They build an, a, a cart and what happens? It produces death because somebody has to steady the ark. And so we start to see these nations, how they relate in, but also we need to also see how does nations relate to the church. Because it is important. Because it isn't just out there. And then we start looking at these world powers. And with the world powers here, with Syria and with our Syria, it is the nation against God. And so with that, they're coming against God. If you start looking at Syria and Assyria, two major nations, they were the ones who just fought against God, that they wanted to always be in a place of conflict. And even today is what we're finding is this is very key to all of the, um, the situations that we're facing today or that Israel is facing. And so you have, listen, I'm not saying this is going to happen because we can pray because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. But I do believe that Hezbollah, with regard to um, Jordan, the West Bank, and also with regard to Lebanon, this is what they're wanting to do. And if his... His Gaza, this side, if they connect with these, let me tell you, it will be world war. It will be. There isn't any other way of looking at it. And so we need to be praying. We need to be praying that God would break, would break the, the power of this evil alignment and evil agreements. Because if you agree, if two of you shall agree touching anything in the world, he will do. Listen, there is a power of agreement that the devil knows against. And so we need to start be, be praying. And listen, the greatest weapon that we've got is prayer because we can pray that God, you would bring these nations into disagreement. We don't need to come against them with weapons. We need to come against them with disagreement. Disagreement comes up here. And so we start to see how it can break down. And so Hezbollah, Iran, won't be able to connect together against the people of God because God says, those who are not my people are going to become my people. And listen, this relates, how do, we, how do we relate in the world as the church? Because if you start to see the church being attacked, and listen, it's not just these nations, you cannot. As some, I was watching um, one of this week, I was watching one of the sons of the leaders of Hezbollah, 
a guy called Mossa, go onto YouTube and you can listen to his interview. Incredible interview. He said, I just started to think differently. And he's the father of the, lead, uh, the son of the leader of Hamas. He said, and I just started to think different. I started to see why is it that you can have a mosque in Israel, but you can't have a synagogue in Iran. And he, start, he said, I just started making connections. See, because it's the nations against God. See, they're wanting to come against. And listen, they come against Israel today. and They'll be coming against the church tomorrow. Because we are from a different spiritual connection. And so here you have Ammon and Moab, this um, incestuous relation. Here you have Edom who gives up his birthright. And when you give up your birthright, let me tell you, you don't have anything. So then what do you do? See, here, these are who connect in. If Syria connects over here to the nation against God, with Babylon, it is the nation instead of God. So what does Babylon do? Babylon builds an idol. What does Babylon do? Babylon, go back into Daniel. It's all there in Daniel. What does Babylon do? It builds a great idol. And what does it say? Now, here it is idolatry. Listen, these are where the big battles are going to be fought. Here, let me say, just let me, so I put it in here. Here, it is paganism. And that is the whole thing with um, Assyria and Syria. It is the fertility gods. That's where they have their origins. And so here it's worshipping the Asherah poles. Again, that's the fertility. That is a form of paganism. And so here we can start to think that this is all idolatry, no, but we need to put it into its right places in order to help us navigate through these end times because we are in the last days and so here with that it's idolatry and what do they do is they first of all where is Babel it is in the plains of Shinar which is the um, in the plains of Babylon in the nation of Babylon and so here and what does Nebuchadnezzar do he builds a great idol which represents idolatrous worship of nations, not just individuals, nations. And so here is what the issue is going to be. Who will you bow down and worship? Who will you or what idols do you have in your nation? And listen, we need to start coming against the idols of our nation. We were talking with leaders this week and we were... Um, talking about the whole LGBTQ+, and um, already there are churches that are pulling back from the Anglican order. Um, HTB have just said they're no longer going to give their um, finance to the Church of England because they've taken upon themselves that now... They are to bless gay marriages. And so it is all right now to have priests 
who are in a relationship with um, another man or another woman, same sex, and they've said, no, that is not orthodox Christianity. And so they're pulling back. Listen, the, even in our nation, there are big battles. And listen, if they come for the church, hello, who are we? And if they say, no, you have to do this. And listen, Rishi Sunak brought in um, the Archbishop of Canterbury. What's his name? Justin, Justin Welby brought him in just a few weeks ago and do you know what he said? You will pass this bill through the synod. See, that's when government, nations, powers begin to form idolatrous relationships with regard to the church, with regard to Israel. So listen, this isn't all about Israel. Listen, what is attacking Israel at the moment? Let me tell you. At, what, at the next thing, they will attack the church. And the church will be asked to form idolatrous relationships with the world in order to continue to exist. Or they will use gold. What we get now from the government, and let me tell you, if the government stopped giving us the, um, the gift aid, listen, it would make a small difference, but let me tell you, it wouldn't make that big a difference. Why? Because we know, never depend upon what we get from government. We always depend upon what comes in from the church. That's why we've taught it for so long. And the churches that don't teach it, let me tell you, they will be in an awful state. Why? Because we're not working according to the world standards. And listen, you pay a price to speak on truths like this. You do. You do not know the battles that we have had, the battles that I have had personally over preaching on tithing and giving. But let me tell you, I would rather be in a place where we are fighting it in that realm than having to fight it in this realm. And so you've got then Babylon, which comes in to play. And Babylon says, I'm going to create another God and you are going to worship. Now, I do believe that Islam does have... Did you hear I said there, not Muslims, Islam does have some of these things where it says that you will worship me. It won't be a matter of conscience. It won't be a matter of belief, but you will worship me or I will take your life. So that is no different than what happens in Daniel in the fiery pit and also what would have happened to Daniel if he didn't know the interpretation of the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had okay so all of these things do connect and so we have to start seeing well start instead of just being the 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 church of revival we're wanting revival to know how revival is going to break out so that we come against everything that raised itself up against God we're able to bring down not because we're coming at it from protest marches and all that, but from prayer. And we come into back into the secret place where two, two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst. And there as we come to a prayer of agreement, he says, if two of you shall agree touching anything, I will do it. And so here, we need to start seeing just how important. We thought prayer was the church's... A native breath. 
Listen, we need to see that the church is far more than that. We need to start seeing the prayer, or prayer is the church's native prayer. We need to start seeing the prayer changes things. And I'm talking about, listen, I don't want just another revival where people are healed a little bit, where people are refreshed. I want to see a revival that brings about change, where everything that's raised itself up in the face of God is brought down. I want to see a revival that says, instead of this God, we will not have this God reign over us because we already have a God and his name is Jesus. See, that's the revival that I want to see. And so here, with that, it's idolatry. And then the other world power is Egypt. With Egypt, it is the nation without God. What does that mean? When you haven't got a God, what do you do? You make yourself God. And I believe that here, if that is idolatry, this is nationalism. And listen... I believe that the UK or the United Kingdom have a lot of repenting to do of its nationalistic spirit and what we have done in our past. But we can't keep going back to our past. We have to come to a place and pray the prayer of we and I and my forefathers have sinned. And so we come to a place where we, we ask God to forgive us because we're no longer going to make nationalism. And listen, right throughout yesterday's, all you saw was nationalism on every side of the arguments. And we have to come against that. We're not coming at it from a nationalistic spirit. What Egypt did was they made themselves important. And so Egypt then became the nationalistic spirit. And so with that, it's the nation who have no God, so they have to make their selves God. And when you make yourself God, is what happens is, because it connects into Philistia, is what you do is you start to raise up humanity. And that's what they did with Goliath. They raised up humanity with Goliath. Or that they rose up the, in the case of um, the weapons or the cart that they made, ingenuity and industrial um, aspects. And so they raised up these things in order to try and overpower, because that's what nationalism does. And there are people here who you have been at the worst end of that nationalistic spirit. Because a nationalism is it raises me up and it pulls you down. And so anything that is different to me, I put down because I don't want it. And everything that is, stands for me, I raise up. And so here you have these three, you have these three antagonism here through paganism. And here it's idolatry. And listen, all of these things, this is the outer circle. This is where battles are being fought at the moment. And here when we come to Rome, Rome is the mixture of them all. And so that is the frightful beast that comes up out of the water of Daniel 7. Because it has parts of them all. Listen, as we come... As we come moving forward, I don't know how you're praying. I hope you're not praying that Hamas will be brought down. I hope you're not praying that Israel will come out the winner. Because 
We have to get beyond all of those things. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of this present darkness. And so what we have to be praying is that God, everything that comes against who you are needs to be brought down. Father, everything that is raising itself up in an idolatrous way, we're wanting to bring it down. Everything that is being in a place where people are building their lives without God. God, we want you to come in. We want you to manifest, reveal yourself. And listen, if you look at Exodus, it was all about the nation without God. And God kept trying to get them to see that there was a God. And he did it through what? Signs, wonders and miracles. And the last one, they could have, they could have stepped into all that God had. But let me tell you, if you start read through now, when you start reading through Ezekiel, you read through Daniel, you read through um, the book of Isaiah, and you just go through the first 12 chapters of Isaiah, just to quickly, the first 12 chapters is Israel. The next 12 chapters are the nations. The next 12 chapters are the world powers. And then the last chapters are God breaking in so that the glory of God comes down. And so here you start to see, listen, Babylon doesn't have a future. There is no future for idolatry. Also, there is no future for Syria. And there is no future when we're fighting against God. There is no future. But let me tell you, Israel has a future. Uh, Egypt has a future. God is going to restore Egypt and he's going to bring Egypt back in into a covenant relationship with Israel. And I believe it's the same. God is going to use the church to bring people who are without God into a covenant relationship with the God that we worship. And so here, it isn't looking at, don't look at the scriptures in a way that is just trying to find out where all this fits and who's this person coming against it. Is this, you can put here, if you want to know about Babylon, you want to know about the religious spirit, go here because this is about worship. This isn't about worship. This is about arms. This is about weapons. This is about warfare. This is about worship. If you want to know about people who don't know God, people who are in place of unbelief, people who just have got no sense of anything with regard to the eternal. See, you go to a people without God because without God, there is nothing in the future. And so what we have to do is we have to make what we have so important now. That's why nationalism comes in. And so that's why for Israel, they weren't allowed to go and worship. It wasn't because they wanted them to worship the state. No, they wanted them to become like they are. And so here, when we start looking at these things, see, there are bigger things in play here. And, um, And so for us, as we move on... You need to start reading Psalm 2 in connection to this. Psalm 2 will put a lot of understanding into here. And what I'm wanting to do this morning is not to, not to give you, well, this is this and this is that. And, you know, the, the leopard with the foreheads and the wings on his back. It's this nation, it's that nation. This is because they have this type of weapons and all of that. I don't want you to get into all of that because I believe it's fanciful. But if we can learn the characteristics of what they represent, you see, and, and as we do this, and yes, the leopard does speak of Greece and Alexander and the four kings that produced 
the Roman Empire. There are those connections to it. But listen, we can't keep trying to fit in. What we have to do is to allow Scripture to interpret Scripture. And don't go to, don't go on to your YouTubes and don't go on to the next God TV um, televangelist who's telling you this and telling you that. Go, I've given you enough today for you to go to the scriptures and for you to seek out what God is saying to his people. They will not learn. In the last days I read this morning, they will not learn war anymore. So we're not coming at this from a point where a dollar and a bomb is going to sort everything out. It won't sort it out. It would just cause us to align with the nations that are against. And with that, we will end up fighting other people who are even of the same belief as us. Do you understand? That's where it comes down to. Or... We start to align with the idol. And listen, we need to look at these for ourselves too. Because here, this is the body. So what about, what about your, how are you trying to prosper? Is there Asherahs? Are you looking at other means of how you can be fruitful and multiply? That's all fertility is the fertility gods and so here this is the body here this is the soul this is the spirit it works in all of these things so for us this morning let's let's now bring it right down into us as individuals is there anything in our lives where we're fighting against god is the conflict in your life where you're fighting against something in your life because let me tell you if you are it could be that you're connecting in with those neighboring spirits. So there's idolatry, there is incest, there is your inheritance. See, those things come right into play. Do you feel that there's a place of inheritance for you? Because if you don't, you will try and take what is other people's. And so here we start to look at it. What about idolatry? Remember... Um, Mark Verkler says, praying with an idol in our hearts. Do we have idols in our hearts? Because if we have a hide idol in our hearts, is let me tell you, we will be praying through the idol. So we'll be raising up an idol in our own hearts. And so here, the big picture of the world also relates to us as individuals. So listen, what about building an idol in our life instead of Jesus taking his rightful place? Do you understand? These are the issues that we have to, because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. A stronghold is an argument, an argument that sets itself against God. Are there arguments going on in your spirit at the moment with regard to what God has said and what you say? And listen, all of these things come out. It comes out in the way we deal with our finance. It comes out in the way we deal with sexual issues. It comes out in the way we deal with relational issues. It comes out in the way that we deal with our neighbours, all of those things. And so here, if we've got these things in our hearts, we have to get rid of them too. We have to use the weapons of warfare in order to break them down. And then also, if there are areas in our hearts... Without God. So we live our lives as though God 
does not have any place in that particular area of our lives. And so with that then, is what we're doing is we're connecting in, because we will connect in with a nationalistic spirit. My, me, my, mine will be more important than you and yours and yours. Do you understand? It will be more important. So then I would try and bring these down. If we have idols in our hearts, it would be that my idol is greater than your idol. And so we're wanting then to get people to start thinking the way I do in order to overcome or to overcome them to worship the God that I worship. And so here, it's not just out there in the nations, it comes down to individuals. Lot was a... Um, descendant of Haran who also bore Abraham and what happened with Lot again all of these comes into play what happened to Lot his people started to have strife against who Abraham the chosen seed and what happened he took the best land and Abraham was left with what God wanted him to have and God says okay because you didn't choose that I'm going to bless you can you see that, that is how God works. And so what happens, you see, because Abraham doesn't hold anything in his heart. So when Lot gets taken captive, what does Abraham do? He goes and he takes the side of Lot. And he delivers Lot out of Cadaloma. And because he did that, what happens? As he's coming back, he enters into it. A new place of worship. What's the new place of worship? He meets Melchizedek. And the, the lesser is blessed by the greater. Can you see? God has... Now listen, all of that is contrary to working according to the standards of this world. And so he, he doesn't harbour things in his heart. Are we harbouring things in our hearts? about others, what's happened to us through other situations, what's happened to us even in our nation, do then we harbour those wrong thoughts? We're wanting them, God, to get equal with them. Listen, we have to come against it in every way with a different spirit. Do you understand? So that, no, I won't, and you've heard me say, I won't, go onto the streets to protest about this or that. I will not do it. But will I meet in prayer and pray? Yes, I will. Not from a place of protest, but from a place of intercession and wanting God to move in and God to so touch our nation and the nations. And so here, I won't get involved in nationalism. And I thought it was, yesterday, I thought it was so... Um, Contrary to the whole spirit of what was taking place, you had, you had those who were nationalistic representing Egypt, nationalism, call it the, um, the what, what's the national front, can you see? And I thought, yeah, and that's just what they did, the national front. But I'm thinking, Lord, they didn't speak for me. Did they speak for you? Of course they didn't. And out of that, just contrary to everything that spoke of order, they just brought disorder everywhere they went. And I thought they probably overexposed themselves yesterday in a way that they might never rise up again. 
And I'm thinking, God, let it be so. But let another spirit come in, Lord, that doesn't have that as its root, but it comes again so that is what we see as these, I've said it before, so that these things do not have a way of infecting the church. Because they are at the moment affecting Israel. And let me tell you, Israel today will be the church tomorrow. And we need to understand that. That we are, and I'm not making two out of one, but because we are of the same spirit. Do you understand? We who were stiff-necked, we who were rebellious, we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus to be brought in so that we who were no longer were a people have become the people of God. In order that he might display his glory and his majesty to a world that is looking for a God that is looking for wars to cease and there's looking for an identity that doesn't come out of a nationalism of who they are. But it comes out of who God has created us to be so that around the throne there's going to be a people from every tribe, every kingdom, every people and every nation. Isn't that awesome? And so for us, See, let's just see the bigger picture so when you're reading the scriptures now as you read through, say to God, is this... Does this nation take a stance against God? Does it take a stance where it's trying to create a God in order for people to worship? Or is it a nationalistic spirit where they are so um, promoting themselves to the exclusion of other people, so using others in order to make themselves great? And I do believe that what we have to watch in this nation and also the word that comes out even over America, make America great again. What is that for? Make Britain great again. What is that for? See, I believe we should be saying, Lord, make, make the United Kingdom humble again. Give a spirit of humility to the nations so that we don't learn war anymore. And so that come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, and he will teach us his ways. See, that's what we're needing, isn't it? And so for us, as we go forward, see, and then you can start to look at the beasts that come out of the Mediterranean. Listen, Europe is going to have a major part to play in the, the unfolding of the end times. And listen, we shouldn't be those who lose heart. I don't want you to lose heart, all of this. I want you to be stirred up to pray because I believe prayer changes things. It really does change things. And we're going to start to see God calling us to a place, as I say, a new place of discernment so that we're able to defeat the powers of darkness. And also he's going to bring us to a new place of humility where we take the lower place and not the higher place. And I don't know how that works out, but I do know this, that God is going to raise the church up it will be the apple of his eye. It will be the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. The church is not going down. The church is going up. The church isn't on its last legs. The church is having new life breathed into it in such a way that it is going to be. It is going to be not the offscouring of the world. It is going to be the glory of the world. That God is going to manifest himself in and through his people like he said he would do through israel and the two 
are going to create one new man. Isn't that awesome? And so what was true of them will also be true of us. Not so much in a national, and not so much in, in the um, natural realm, but in the spiritual realm. That's where we have our greatest influence, is in the spirit realm. Why don't you all stand this morning? I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Go on, give the Lord praise. There are some, there are some other things um, that we'll come to another time because I'm going to use this another time when I get to speak and I want to break open the spirit, soul and body in, in a way that we connect in on a personal level. Because if we connect on it there, and so I'm asking you, go, say, God, is there anything in my life that's against, against your church, against even your people, Israel? Deal with it. Is there anything, Lord, not against others, against these things? This is what God has raised up. I didn't raise them, but God raised The people who said they will not be a people become my people. That only relates to Israel. So Israel does have a place. Jesus is going to come back to the nation of Israel. And listen, he won't come. As people are thinking, it's not about who, who rules Jerusalem. He's going to come to the Mount of Olivet, which is outside of Jerusalem. We need to understand these things. And he's going to be king of kings. He's going to come through the king's gate. He really is. But you see, once we begin to understand these things, we start to see where do they all relate together? What are, what are the issues that these faced? That when these relate to them, they relate in through the sin and through the, um, the iniquity of these nations because it will be produced in them. And so here you can put here with the Syria, then you put further up here, Iran which is a nation against all the people that say, let us wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Let me tell you, they are the nation against God. They're not the nation of idolatrous people. They're not the nation saying, we're going to raise up another God. They're the nation against God. They want to wipe God off. Russia wants to wipe God off. That's it. Going up into space. What did they say? What did Yuri Gagarin say? One of his biggest statements of all times. I went up into space, and let me tell you, there is no God. Can you see? All of these things, so, so they then come against God. They come against the church. They come against God's people. And so put your hand on your heart, can you? I want you to go into this time, and I'm asking that God would so touch your hearts. If there's anything in you that is against what God has said, that God would identify it in you so that you can come to a place where you can be at peace. If there's anything in you of a nationalistic spirit that I, my race is better than any other race, let me ask that God would bring you to a place of humility so that you can embrace everyone. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.